0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the standing room only podcast. Ben standing here. Uh, I write for the athletic. I talk here on this podcast and I'm excited to do that. Really appreciate you guys checking out the podcast. If you want to subscribe, please do so. You can do that on iTunes. If you do it on there, you know, the drill, uh, leave a review, uh, a rating. People seem to people on iTunes like when people do things like that. My bosses do as well. Um, and also you can subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you do your podcasting. On this episode of the podcast, I'm going to talk about what's kind of going on with the the, the Washington football team as they return from the bye week, uh, including an update on Steven Sims. Also, um, also a lengthy chat with my pal Julie Donaldson, who's now the Senior VP of Media and Content for the Washington football team. Julie and I used to work together at NBC Sports Washington uh, she has gone on to do a uh, uh, to, to tackle this job and wanted to get a sense from her just kind of how she's doing, what's going on behind the scenes. I've got a couple thoughts for her about the industry, and and we also get Julie's take on what on how things stand with this uh, football team uh, heading into the week nine matchup against the Giants. So we will get to all that in just a moment. Of course, if you missed some recent podcasts uh, last week, I talked to. Uh, Washington football team president, Jason Wright. And then this week, my, my, my guest was uh, the, the athletics, um, Mike Coppinger noted boxing analyst and Washington football team fan had fun breaking down what's been going on with this team uh, through the first seven games. So that's, what's going to go on here on this episode. If you want to talk to me, on Twitter, you can do so whenever you want. I'm always online. Sad but true. I'm at Ben Standig. I don't think I've given out the email, but if you want to hit me up, it's bstandig at bstandigattheathletic.com. If you got thoughts about what I'm doing with The Athletic, uh, which I encourage you to obviously check out. I should have a new article up, possibly by the time you're, you're listening to this podcast about kind of what we've learned through the first seven games of the season, not just in terms of this season, but where this team is moving going forward. In addition, um, whatever you want to talk about, you want to talk about this team. Obviously, a lot of you know. Uh, I, I talk about the Wizards. I, I did a, a, the, the podcast with Jason Wright. Um, part of that, part of that episode included my conversation with uh, my NBA pal Michael Lee. Not doing as much on the Wizards these days because the football team is kind of keeping me busy. But I certainly have thoughts for sure, and we'll get to other topics uh, around the, the local sports scene for sure as as well as we move. Uh, as we move forward. But on this episode, we're going to talk about what's going on with this football team. I guess let's just start with some good news. We think uh, wide receiver Steven Sims returned to practice today. Uh, we only get to see the first you know, 15, 20 minutes or so of practice. Uh, so you don't get to see a ton. Half of that time is them stretching, But the wide receivers are typically uh, practicing right in front of us. So we did get to see Steven Sims run around a bit. You know, you can't always tell what's going on with a pain threshold situation but you know he looked okay out there and we heard from later from both Kyle Allen and Scott Turner both said that they thought uh, Steven Sims looked pretty good in his first practice back so the team has 21 days to make a decision on whether they're going to activate him or not i, I would say signs are pointing to something positive possibly as soon as this week but we'll have to see uh, see how it goes as ron rivera often says when a player it's not it's not how the player practices it's often how they recover so we'll have a better sense about where steven sims is at uh with thursday's practice uh beyond that only nobody was out today just limited some limited participants probably most notably Montez sweat who had a concussion um against in the dallas game so he was out there though limited but out there so that's at least a positive sign to be honest, I don't think they've ever said whether he was in the concussion protocol plan or not. I, I guess he was, but maybe that's a faux pas on our part. We didn't ask about, we didn't ask Ron Rivera about that today, so we'll have to uh, get on top of that uh, tomorrow. But either way, Montez, what was out there, uh, and, and nobody, you know, early in the week, I don't know if there's anybody that we we're, we're seriously worrying about playing on Sunday or not playing on Sunday, but we'll have a better sense tomorrow for sure. Now here's something that happened after practice. We learned when Ron Rivera spoke to the media um, today. Uh, and by the way, I was just say Ron Rivera. I thought, and, and I talked to some other colleagues. They agreed. Good energy from him today. Seemed positive. Uh, you know, obviously he's gone through a lot with the cancer treatments that ended last, beginning of last week, and it felt like an energized version of, of Ron Rivera. And that was good. That was good to see. Uh, both just. For, for him, going, having gone through that, and also what this could mean for the team moving forward. Uh, but as, before he started taking questions, he, he let us know that when Landon, with Landon Collins now out for the year with his Achilles injury, Washington was down a captain, and the players decided unanimously on who the replacement would be, none other than Terry McLaurin. goes without saying, despite the fact he's only a, a second-year player, the kid has, you know, is, is hyper mature. Uh, we saw his leadership skills uh, after the Dallas game when he gave that speech, um, talking to the team about, you know, appreciating where they were at, feeling the momentum coming off a couple of good games, winning the Dallas game, and going into the bye week. You know, staying focused on the task at hand, and from that, the, they move forward uh, with him in in this captain role. That's a pretty big deal. I, I would argue that sometimes I think these captain situations. Well, let me just say this. I think McLaurin is worthy of, of that, despite his, his age um, and, and all that. Uh, and, and by the way, apologies for my, my throat. My, my voice is feeling pretty, uh, um, my, my not, not so hot. I guess I've been talking a lot today. Um, <laughs> what can I tell you in any event? Um, I think I think McLaurin, very worthy of, of that spot for sure. Now today, as it, as it would happen, um, we typically talk to the opposing coach on Wednesdays. Joe Judge, the Giants' head coach, uh, we joined his uh, a couple of us joined his Zoom call, and one of the and the one question he got about Washington today involved Terry McLaurin. The fact that uh, McLaurin he arrived in the league as a third round pick, but primarily viewed as a special teams player. Joe Judge, a special teams coach before he took the head coach spot with with the Giants, he was the special teams coach with New England, so he was asked. Effectively, like, how surprising is it to see a player like McLaurin enter the league as a special teams player and yet shine so quickly as a receiver?
1: Yeah, I don't know if the timetable and the word "immediately" is important to that. I think it's the development of the players. I remember him coming out in college. I think he was kind of misidentified as being a special teams only player. I remember watching his tape coming out of Ohio State. This is a guy who is. You know, had explosive speed, and we thought, you know, watching him in evaluation for the draft, ourselves at the time I was coaching receivers, that this guy had the ability to stretch the field, but especially catch the ball and run, which he's shown a lot of production doing already. I'd say the general answer to your question in terms of development of players, I think the kicking game is a key part in getting guys involved. We've had experience with our own guys this year. You know, Cam Brown and Carter Coffin are two young guys that have made a lot of contributions to the kicking game for us, have quickly transitioned to start building on a defensive role. They're kind of getting more and more every week with it if you want to refer back to the past of different players I've been around that have been able to come in as, you know, kicking game core players and develop offensive or defensive impact roles. I mean, two that come to name, number one, Julian Edelman, you know, Jules, when I got in the league, he was primarily a punt returner. He was a situational offensive player. He covered kicks for us. He was our backup personal protector. He did a lot of things. And then in 2013, you know, he really kind of took off and had a breakout year. You know, he's definitely a guy who kind of came in, he played some offense, he played some defense, contributed in all the phases of the kicking game, and his career over time took off.
0: For what it's worth, the other player judge said that he reminded him of uh, somebody that's made a rise from special teams to prominent starter was Rob Ninkovich, but that's the defensive side of the ball. So, yeah, look, I mean, McLaurin has already surpassed Julian Edelman as a receiver. That's not discounting Julian Edelman, who obviously is – been a you know super right. He won a Super Bowl. Been a star in a Super Bowl. Obviously, a very solid player for New England. But effectively, you know, always been sort of a role player. He never a true, anything close to a true number one. Uh, McLaurin. We'll see if he gets there. But he already has the, the the skills that gives you makes one think he's got a chance to do that. Speed, route running, and um, I did uh, somebody else's podcast, and I, and I talked about the fact he's sort of got uh cocky he's kind of got cocky humbleness he 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 understands what he understands that he need that he's got more to do but he also gets that he is good at what he does and he's willing to attack he's willing to compete and he's not afraid of matchups and you need that um you, you know i wrote the other day for the athletic it's not just enough to have talented players you need talented young players who understand what it takes to win and how to be a good teammate. Terry McLaurin is one of those guys who definitely has all of that. Now, let's get to another interesting topic of the day, and that is, of course, Dwayne Haskins. The Washington football team, we're talking. I'm talking to you guys Wednesday night. The trade deadline was yesterday afternoon, and Washington obviously did not make any moves. Ryan Kerrigan, Ryan Anderson, and Dwayne Haskins all still on the roster. What's notable there, at least in terms of Haskins, is well, now what? I mean, Ryan Kerrigan's still going to have his role as a, as will Ryan Anderson as you know uh, spot uh, spot contributors along that defensive line. You know, 15, 25 snaps a game, something like that. Dwayne Haskins is third string, and Ron Rivera told us today, yeah, he's basically doesn't see anything changing there. Here's what Ron Rivera had to say today about Dwayne Haskins.
1: I don't see any changes right now, but I do know this, and, and, and I really appreciated the way he's been working. You know, I, I think Dwayne is, you know, understanding that, you know, and, and again, he and I have talked, and I've told him, I said, Dwayne, this really is about your development and growth. And he's a young, young quarterback. Uh, I've said this before. He played, what, 12 games in college or 13 games in college, and then he's in the NFL, and he played a smattering of games last year. This year, you know, we we, we gave him a, a lot of opportunities and you still see the rawness. So to me, it's really about him developing and growing. He's going to have opportunities. But right now, you know, we're, we're, we've got Kyle as, as our one, we've got uh, Alex as our two, and uh, he's our three, and we'll, we'll go from there. Now, I thought
0: those were some interesting comments from Rivera there. And look, I think I, I wrote about this the other day before, before the trade deadline. If Dwayne Haskins is still on this team and the idea that they believe in him, is still a, a thing. I'm not saying it is. That's what Ron Rivera says has been the case previously. Then, at some point, Dwayne Haskins should be playing more. Maybe not. I'll, let me rephrase that. Maybe he shouldn't be playing. But there's no reason for him to be on the running the scout team. He should be the backup. There are there are there is value in 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 that role. And being part, you know, being part of the, the the main group, so to speak. And obviously, at some point, if Kyle Allen struggles or the team falls out of the NFC race, again, logically, you would think that Dwayne Haskins plays if, again, they still believe in him for the long haul. But I think that is the that is the question. Do you believe that they believe in that? Now, uh, if you haven't heard, uh, Ron Rivera does a few interviews. He did one on Tuesday right before the deadline uh, on the Rich Eisen podcast. Or Rich Eisen show, whatever I think that's what it's called, and a uh, good interview. And Rich Eisen asked him some of the questions I think a lot of us have, have have wanted to to ask, and Rivera answered, including how would he rate his belief in Haskins now? And this was his answer quote I think my belief in Dwayne is probably somewhere, uh, gosh, probably give it somewhere in the seventies. He went on now. That, end quote. He went on to talk about all the positives of Dwayne, the good arm, the athleticism and so on. But then he mentioned, but he's got quote, but he's got a lot to learn and and that's what I learned from my 11 weeks with him as our starter. We went through, he, he so end, end quote there. Rivera then explained 11 weeks, well there's only four games, but he mentions specifically mentioned the seven weeks through training camp. He took every snap with the ones, went four games. He took every snap with the ones there too. Uh, end quote. But as we were going through it, one of the things I saw was that he's got a lot to learn. Rivera then went on to talk about how um, the reaction to the benching, he said, quote, It's funny, I benched the guy, and it's like everybody thinks his career is over here in Washington. It's not. There's potential, there's an opportunity, because again, the kid has an NFL arm, so on and so on. Uh, that's that's my so on and so on. But he mentions the fact that Dwayne didn't play a lot in college, didn't have a normal training camp or off season this season. But he says again, quote, but I did everything I could to give him 11 weeks as the number one, and he did some good things. I'm not going to deny that because, again, he has the arm. But with him, I think it's about development and growing. That's what we want to do. This guy is young. He's got an opportunity to develop and grow. We'll see what happens as we go forward. Look, I, none of us can predict what's going to happen. I definitely never, never predicted Alex Smith would be back in the, would be back on the NFL field someday, and obviously that's happened just a couple weeks ago. But you read into that – I. Uh, and if you hear the audio, especially that first answer about the 70, you give the 70 rate, whatever he said, I, Ron Rivera does not sound like a guy overly convinced that Dwayne Haskins will be back on on the field on a Ron Rivera coach team. Um, again, injuries could happen or maybe Kyle Allen just becomes an absolute disaster or who knows, but based on where things are right now, I just don't think we're going to see Dwayne Haskins out there. This is not new for me based on these comments. These are just these recent comments. i basically around the time of the benching, I figured that was it for for Dwayne. And I've said before on this podcast or elsewhere that going back to last year, that I thought the selfie situation was far more egregious than I think a lot of other people did. And at a minimum for me, put him on warning to my sensibilities. And I, you know, I, I kind of understand where Rivera is coming from. I'm not arguing whether he handled it the right way in terms of starting him off the bat. If he didn't think he was ready or if four weeks was enough, but I understand why Ron Rivera decided to go in a different direction. Kyle Allen gives them the best chance to to win right now, whatever you think of that. But the long term, just more comments from Ron Rivera that to me suggest that he does not view Dwayne Haskins as part of the future here, but we'll see what happens as they go forward. All right. We're going to go forward here on this episode of the standard groom only podcast with our next guest, the great Julie Donaldson, uh, empresario over there. I love uh, that's become one of my favorite words. Um, Empassario over there with the Washington football team website. She is, um, you know, of course, a long, uh, f- uh, long time anchor in town for NBC sports, Washington. Uh, I-, I did plenty of freelancing over there. Got to know Julie there. Uh, she of course is at Julie Donaldson underscore on Twitter. She's hosting, a bunch of shows, including some that are on NBC Sports Washington, which is a funny dynamic. She's on TV for a place that she used to work, but now no longer does because the team has, a, has a, a relationship with the station. Uh, but we had a fun conversation, we talked about kind of how her transition, uh, what it is like to sort of work with her old place while not being part of that place, what, what she's learned since she's been behind the scenes, and also what kind of optimism, what kind of, uh, optimistic uh, views can she offer to fans who maybe just are completely skeptical after 20 years of, of Washington football struggles here in town so let's get to it here's my conversation with my pal Julie Donaldson on the standard groom only podcast. Well, I haven't actually been in your office and I'm not allowed in the building but like I can see we're doing this over zoom I can see the bubble behind you
2: yes got the bubble
0: that is uh that, that that that's not that's not the worst uh, view in, in in the world uh to, to have that did you did you have to like you're you're a fancy executive did you have to like fight for a window or did that was that like part of no the they
2: of the gave case? it to me but I was just like can I clear out the old desk and everything so I had them take it all out and paint the walls and take down the big old whiteboard and I've made it my own <laughs>
0: yeah nice no no looks good I mean. You know, uh, view, views are important. I've had inner offices and those are the worst. I mean, obviously, sometimes you can't oh, help it. But, no, but when, you have, when you have a view and, and you got, you know, if you're getting, I mean, there's not a ton out there to see, but you get the bubble. That, Wait, that's a, that's
2: are you cool. kidding? There's, there is a ton out here to see because I get to watch the players coming to and from the bubble. I get to watch them going to their cars. And I was just going like, oh, somebody got a new Red Rolls Royce. Like, wonder who that is. You know, it's fun watching them roll in, roll out. Who's early? Who's late? You know, who's wait, driving
0: hey, what? Wait, is somebody driving a red Rolls Royce?
2: Yeah, it's like a shiny red. It was I've never seen it before. I don't know whose it was. I believe yeah. it was a Rolls Royce.
0: Well, mm-hmm. do we have, have we have we narrowed this down? I feel like this needs to be a uh, an investigation on one of your twenty shows <laughs> on on there. I mean, this this is important. <laughs> no,
2: it won't be hard. I learned like who can I text and be like who is that? It's a new car. I get to know I get to know them by their cars.
0: Yeah, no, that was because when we. When we were allowed.
2: leaving now. Let's see. He's either in his Bentley. He didn't who bring his green McLaren. What do you call it? It's not a McLaren. McLaren. Wait.
0: Who, McLaren? Who's that? Who, who is that? Tara mclaren
2: Thomas no. Davis senior.
0: Oh, Thomas Davis. Yeah. He but, has.
2: He has. What's that green car he has?
0: I, I well, I don't know. I haven't seen him because the,
2: the, yeah, the McLaren. McLaren.
0: Yeah, the McLaren. Yeah. McLaren. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like when when the media was allowed behind you know into the facility so to speak we would be able to walk by all the cars and sometimes you see the players in the car and be like oh who's this car is that now yeah we have no we don't see anything so okay it's good i'm gonna have to look into this we got a red rolls royce and what is thomas davis driving
2: it's is, it's like a it's it's a bright green neon green McLaren, whatever that fancy ass fast car is
0: good 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 for him he's been in the league a long time might, might as well uh Treat, treat treat yourself uh if you, if you got it, if you got it like that um but, but i want to talk about you know all the things you've, you've got going on over there you know how's it going with the radio booth and all that but just to sort of dial it back to like a sort of a personal level like you and i if i say we work together it's only sort of like you worked you were a star at nbc sports washington and i was like somebody who like hung out in the corner uh <laughs> but but uh But we talked a bunch like at various times about, you know, life and how's it going and like the industry and all that kind of stuff. And like out of the blue, you you had the literal definition of a whirlwind experience to go from where you were to this. Uh, How's it going? Like, I mean, just in terms of, I get the job, but it's like that you went from doing something that completely different, but you went from being on the media side to the team side. So like now it's been a few months, like, yeah, how's it going?
2: It's been wild. Um, I I feel like it's been one incredibly long ass day. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't. It's kind of like a little bit like I was joking this morning. I'm like, oh, it's like a groundhog day. Here we go again, and they're nonstop. The days are like literally nonstop. By the first moment I get to like look up and like get a breath of fresh air and try and like, okay, I can exhale. I'm like, oh my god, it's 3 p.m. Uh, they're just that busy. It you know, it has been dramatically different. It's wild. I feel like my life just did a 180. But it hasn't been there hasn't been anything that's necessarily been too overwhelming. Although I suppose the fact that it's all consuming of my life in and of itself is probably the definition of overwhelming, but I, you know, there's a lot of really good people here. I have a great support staff here. I'm learning as quickly as I can because, you know, doing the televote and shows is one thing. I feel like I can do that in my sleep, but at the same time, there's so many other demands on my day, so many meetings, um, so many other responsibilities. It's almost like that gets to be like an afterthought, which I hate. You know, it's kind of like, wait, where's the time to do the job I was hired for? So, you know, and preparing for for game day, there's a lot of times where, you know, I'm like going, wait, who talked this week? I don't even know who talked today. I was like, were there any other players outside of, uh, you know, just um, Kyle Allen? It's one of those things where I'm just not even fully adverse in everything that's happening that I would need to do to get ready for game day, because there's just a lot of other administrative work that has to be done. Um, But it's exciting. It's it's fun. um, And... I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I'm kind of relishing in this role. You know, it's different. I did an interview with Zabe too on, on team Night 80. And I was like, people forget, I can still talk football, (laughs) you know, like I can still report on it. Um, So I am enjoying it. It's just a lot of extra layers of responsibility.
0: Yeah, no, no, no doubt. So like, obviously one of my pastimes is I like to criticize the teams I cover from the outside because and I only when it's, when it's appropriate, but At the end of the day, no matter what I think I know, I only know some of it because I'm not inside the building. So now Mm -hmm. that you've made the transition in relatively short time from the outside to the inside, I'm sure you had your own thoughts. Like, what what's like one thing you've learned, just sort of more, maybe more broadly about (laughs) that maybe you didn't appreciate before being on the inside versus when you're on the outside wondering why do why do teams do the things that they do.
2: It's interesting, you know, and because we're in COVID-19 too, like I'm under the same roof, you know, I mean, I'm not but 30 feet away from the players almost any given moment. I feel like, but at the same time, I feel like it's miles because we're not allowed to be near them. You know, I ran into Matt Ionidas coming back from practice. This is one of the first days he was out there watching it and we're just walking up and chatting. And all of a sudden, you know, our contract tracers, you know, go off and start sounding the alarm. And it's like, Oh, get, you know, further away from each other. So we're really not allowed um, around them. So the access is still limited compared to what it should be, you know, I should be able to have easy access to get to to the players, to the coaches, to ask a whole bunch of things. And I'm having to, you know, really go above and beyond to try and get that. So uh, where I think it would be an easier adjustment, uh, COVID-19 is not really helping me out in that case. Uh, But I think the biggest thing is, is you understand that there's, you know, there, when it comes to trying to get news, um, you know, there's a lot of things that I'm going to know well before anybody, but I can't do anything with it. And I don't really feel the need to, you know, and having to chase a lot of things down. And there's a lot of different, uh, you know, limitations and things too, because you might have something, but it's what what's the need? Because my my goal is different now than it was uh, before when I was just covering the team. So that's just a little interesting dynamic to, to adjust to. But now my days are so busy sometimes it doesn't even really matter. As long as I know the information that I need to know for game damn good.
0: Yeah, stop chasing things down. Leave some crumbs for the rest of us. Like, <laughs> I, I, this, is, this is my actual job. You, you go a different job now. Stop, stop. Stop doing that. I need to, uh, you know, I need to get a, get some stuff every once in a while. Um, actually, I was going to ask you this later, but you mentioned the idea of obviously COVID nineteen is beyond restricting for all kinds of reasons, and obviously everybody needs to follow the guidelines. And you know, knock on wood, you guys have been one of the teams in the league that's been fortunate so far compared to you know it feels like every other day now we have some team around the league somebody's tested positive. But part of your job. It, 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 you're you're running the media department there, but part of your job is also, as you've said, is to come and help sort of change the culture there. You, you've talked a lot about that. You talked about that with me when you got hired. You've talked about that with other people, but yet you are also limited to how much you can interact with these people who need to get to know you and get to trust you and, and have conversations. So what's it been like from that perspective? Of, this is maybe less about the players and more about the, the, the staff in the building, but how's that been going? Because, you know, to, to get to know them so they can talk to you about what you think you need to change?
2: It's tricky. Uh, You know, I mean, ideally, if you start a new job, you can walk around and say, hey, nice to meet you. I'm Julie. This is what I'm doing. What are you doing? And get to know each other. And I think that's really where culture starts is just at the basic human interests, um, interactions with each other, you know, finding out what people do, what are they about um, and, and having building that respect and that trust with your fellow colleagues. That's not easy to do here our unit within the media is is really good because we're really restricted, restricted in our, where we can go. We have like maybe one little area with like five offices and that's it. So we're kind of right here. We're a pretty tight knit group, which is, which is really great because we can support each other. We can have each other's back. We know, what do you need to finish your job? How can I help you here and, and back and forth? So our group, I feel very confident in the direction that we're going in when it comes to the overall company. The biggest thing that we've done is really, of course, Jason Wright coming in has helped tremendously. He quickly said, "Look, we're having company-wide meetings every single week. Uh, we're having that communication come through. We're brief- beefing up our HR, and it's really cool to be on the groundbreaking level of of what we are doing. You know, we quickly established a hotline for people to make complaints anonymously, for them to be escalated, to know what is worthy of a complaint. We just went through training that I was kind of surprised we didn't have before. You know, training on diversity, training on harassment, training on." Um, HR, what is, and isn't okay for retaliation of, of things. So adverse reaction to stuff. So, um, you know, it's, it's, we're putting in basics that is quickly making a difference and having a difference for the employees with the women's organization. Women's initiative now are the women's women's initiative network. We changed it because we figured network would the, now there was immediacy for it, but network we figured is a little more sustainable long-term. You know, we have these meetings with the women every two weeks where we get to listen to each other. You know, what are the challenges they're going through within their days? Where do they need support? What are they celebrating in their life? And that is building a bond within the women in this organization that they never had before. They felt disconnected. They didn't feel supported. They didn't know where to go for help or how to ask for it, even professionally or personally. And we're creating that environment for them to be able to do that. So it's really cool to see the women loving it, enjoying it, coming together, unifying and, and building these bonds, even though some are at home, some are at FedEx, some are here, you know, in Ashburn. We're really trying to break down all those walls and say we can still come together in this world and get to know each other um, beyond just per- professionally, but we can get to know each other personally. And I think that's what really creates a good culture and sustainability.
0: Uh, yeah, no, I mean, you know, I know, you're, I know you're, uh, you, you came there with a mission. So I, I hope you get to do everything you want to do. Well, yeah, obviously, COVID just messes everything up. By the way, I was just uh, looking really quick. I wanted to make sure I had your title right. And I already forgot what it was. But but, that? What are you a uh, senior vice president of media? Is that and
2: what senior vice president of media and
0: content. But I, as I was looking it up, I, I, I uh, Google and uh, you have a Wikipedia page. Like, I feel like that's like another level. Like if you have a Wikipedia page, you are like that. You're doing something that that's, uh,
2: it was created a while ago. And here's the thing. They had this picture that I absolutely have hated. You have no control (laughs) over that. Although anybody can put content on it. I kept asking, well, why can't I control the content of my picture? It's my image. Darn it. You can't, you can't, (laughs) you can't can't change that. I I could not, I could not. Um, every time I tried, they would change it back. Uh, finally we did, we did update it. I said, look, you know, that picture was, was ancient old and it just, it was not pretty, but anyways, we, we finally did update it, but it's amazing to get a Wikipedia page for so long. Anybody can add to it, but I couldn't, I couldn't control the content on it. Uh, it is my own page, but you know, you can't never really trust Wikipedia just because anybody can, but um, yeah, it's cool. I guess you can go check it out.
0: Oh, was there any, was there anything on your page that was a, was an actual lie or something that was like completely nonsense beyond the, beyond the picture you didn't like?
2: No, but they, you know, it's it's amazing what some people want to highlight um, of whom you are, and I don't necessarily think that's always a fair depiction. You know, yeah. they, they want to put attention to one story about you, but try to delimit, de- um, de- or diminish some other parts. You know, and it's like my career is has covered many different aspects and many different layers. So I, I think that's just the interesting thing of what it chooses to focus on, and I don't know who decides that, but. Um, not
0: me. <laughs> I'm gonna, I've, I've never added a Wikipedia story. I'm gonna look and see if I come up with a good one for you. That's like, you know, something you you think would be fun to put on there. Whether well, I don't know if it's true, but something fun. Would maybe, or you maybe probably we'll could
2: control my Wikipedia page more than I could. <laughs> uh,
0: I I can't control anything because in life. We
2: publish something. <laughs> uh,
0: I don't know about that. Uh, but well, uh, I'm I'm gonna look into this. This is now now I'm I'm interested in this. Uh, the, the, so let me ask you. Um, I, I want to ask you about the radio, but I have one more thing sort of about the website. Uh, I did talk to Jason, right? I, I actually the other day, and it was all my list of questions I didn't get to. But you're a person, perfect person to ask. So you, you guys have added a ton of shows since you came on board. You're still doing the show that, that, that goes on NBC Sports Washington uh, every day or during the week. Uh, plus, you have two shows, right? You have a, you have a second show. Am I right on that?
2: So we have Washington Football Today, Monday through Friday, um, five thirty and ten. We have the coaches show that airs on NBC. Uh, that airs on Saturdays and also NBC Sports Washington. We do a kickoff preview show that airs on NBC Sports Washington. So those are the television, the linear programs. But right. then we have a ton of digital that we do as well, our unfiltered series.
0: Right, So, I, and, and I've seen some of them. I, I've seen these, the show, I apologize, I can't remember anything, but I, the, the show with the Chip Rears hosting because he's got a lot of different Me. media people on. Right. So I, I've watched that. Sometimes you guys have had some big names on there uh, for sure. And then you have a bunch of other shows. I've always wondered, uh, You know, Monumental Sports has an OTT component to what they do. And obviously they have actual team broadcasts with the Mystics and so on. But ultimately, yeah, it's a subscription. They want people to do Mm -hmm. something. The fact that you guys are adding all these shows, and I've always thought to myself, the Washington football team, whatever name it is, obviously people are super into it. It seems like that's like a no-brainer. And the fact that you're adding all these shows, I now I'm wondering to myself, is that something that's like, been discussed? Is it on the agenda? Is that something that possibly could, could happen?
2: Hmm. (laughs) Uh, Look, we, we are in the business of creating content and our goal is to only create more and do more. So yes, we, we want to talk about that. We want to talk about where do we, we, I think as a business, it's only smart to say, okay, this is where we're at. And this is our vision of where we want to be in three to five years. And how are we going to get there? And you take a look at where you know at the marketplace is and say, where is it? where is it now? Where is it going? And how can we take advantage and be an important part of this? Because we have people all over the world that want our content. And if it's on NBC Sports Washington, they can't get it. So we have to be able to create content that people can access all over the world. And, and I think that's important that we give them that because they're hungry for it. So why should they have it? There's a market for that. There's an audience for that. So we we'd fully plan to take a, a good look at it and try to see where options are and, and what opportunities we can really um, grow in. You know, I mean, this is, this is 2019 or, or 2020 where a lot of people at COVID-19, 2020 where a lot of people are having to cut back and we're doing the opposite.
0: Yeah, no, you guys have a, a, a ton of shows. You've kept adding to them. Um, I recognize several of the of the people you've employed I'm glad that you're hiring local people because you never know in this industry I might be knocking your door one day you never know Um, so uh, (laughs) so uh, so yeah so that's interesting yeah I mean I mean I mean this was way before you but I always thought to myself when 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 Chris Cooley was there his film breakdowns are such a big deal that like Mm it seemed like the type of no-brainer that if that was in play it could have happened and obviously you guys have access to all kinds of former players Uh, I'm not saying for that specific type of thing but you know, hey, if John Reagan wanted to have a show on, I, I might be willing to, to 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 saddle up a couple bucks a month, or you know, fans would at least. I keep forgetting, right. you know, you know. You know, uh,
2: you know, here's the thing with that. I was actually just going through, is we really want to build up our alumni program, and that's something that Jason really wants, and it was kind of in line with uh, not even realizing what I've been trying to do. Is I want to take advantage of the alumni in our area, and I was just going through, going, okay, we have a throwback Thursday. That's what our kind of theme is for our Thursday show. I said, well, who can we bring on? that could really fit into that, like who have we not talked to recently? And there's a lot of really great alumni in this area that I think could deserve the exposure, the recognition, the name, the, the authority that they bring, the experience that they bring and the knowledge. And you know, I think so many times we get caught in the exact same people and there's a reason for the consistency, but I like to take advantage of as many voices as possible and bring as many people into the mix as possible. So uh, you know, as we do grow our alumni group and really make them feel a part of this franchise even in their, their later years, I think that's a part of my thing too. Let's bring them into the broadcast.
0: Um, all right. So by week, uh, I don't. I, I I know I saw you. Uh, I don't know if you you didn't go anywhere because nobody can go anywhere. You guys had to get tested every day, but you did at least a couple things at least out and about. But um, obviously, I'm I'm sure on some level, since you did have the chance to not have to, uh, you know, do this presumably the exact same thing as a usual week. I imagine just like Round Rivera does with the team, you had a chance to think about what you guys have been doing on the radio and and how it's going and what can be better. So. What did you figure out? What did what, what, well, what, what, what you be like so far? Or what, what's like the thing you guys are? You know, yeah, no,
2: about? we did. I, I, we, we met with um, actually before the, the last game, before the Cowboys game. We, we got everybody together. That's a part of the radio broadcast and said, OK, here we are. We have an opportunity to sit back and really kind of say this is what have we done so far? What do we need to do? going forward and we wanted to make sure you know like we're all new you know d'angelo hall hadn't done this kind of analysis before bram hadn't called nfl games i of course never been there doing this and i didn't want us to keep going in through bad habits or getting by with just the the status quo so we're really challenging ourselves to follow the storylines throughout the week make sure we kind of really weave those into the games Um, because not necessarily every game needs Or every play needs a crazy breakdown of exactly what happened. I think sometimes we want to step back and tell the bigger picture of what led to that and and make sure we get those stories told throughout there. And and when the play does deserve um, and need that further explanation to understand what happened, what went right, what went wrong, to make sure that we do give that to the audience. So I think that's the biggest thing is making sure we follow the storylines and we continue that theme um, throughout the game. And we know what each other wants to talk about you know, and I think that's important too, is having those meetings saying, okay, this is what Julie wants to talk about. So should Antonio Gibson go in a certain direction or or something happen, Like, let's make sure that we allow her in because she has some information on that. So sharing what I have with them and, and hoping to get to where it's a seamless conversation. And, sure. you know, that's, uh, we're having a lot of fun with it, but we know we can keep getting
0: better. <laughs> so one of the things that was interesting about this booth setup was, I guess your role in it because of the traditional, we have the, the, the play-by-play and we have the former player. And with you in there, how, how would you, now that we're this many weeks into this, how, how would you, I guess, sort of categorize your role and how that's evolved even over these first uh, seven weeks?
2: You know, it's, I don't even know really, honestly, what to call myself. I don't know really you can say I'm like a host of, of the the game day or not. You know, I mean, I bring the the journalistic reporting throughout the entire game you know typically you know your sideline reporter has a moment here and has a moment there and and i get to have that seamlessly throughout the entire game and as i gather and talk to more players and i talk to more coaches and i understand what they're trying to do and i get the scouting reports on you know the opposing team i'm finding that there is a voice for that and and hopefully it's something that's coming across educational and informational and entertaining and you know um you can work in the fun stories, uh, organically, and you can talk about, you know, the players that, you know, you saw in practice that are going to be stepping up and how they're going to use them. Um, that maybe, you know, the audience wouldn't know to expect. So it's, it's a fun evolution. You know, I'm still picking and choosing what are my spots? How often do I get in? How aggressive do I try to be to assert my, insert myself into it? Um, you know, and then just keep, again, try to keep it fun with Bram and D'Angelo, try to get some laughs in there along the way. You know, I think that human side of it always translates.
0: Yeah, no, 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 no doubt. I'm, I'm, uh, I've been, I've been at basically every game except for the Arizona game and which is the only one I've really had a chance to listen to you, to you guys a a, a little bit. So I'm excited. (laughs) There's going to be some more road games coming up that I'm probably not going to hit to, to, to listen to you guys uh, a, a, a bit more for sure. So yeah, I mean, look, I'm, 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 I'm so glad for you that that it's worked out like this because obviously our industry is meaning the proper media side is crazy. So the fact that it worked out for you like this is 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 uh, so cool. Um, I got some rapid, well, I don't know, rapid fire, I, 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 rapid fire, but you, an- you take, answer as much as you want. I don't care. That, okay. so, some things I ask people regularly, some I'm just asking you. Uh, person you wish follow you, followed you on Twitter that doesn't.
2: Oh, man, put yourself to thinking on these things, huh? <laughs> I don't know. I don't really care who follows me on Twitter.
0: Is that? It's all, it's all I care about.
2: It really, it, it doesn't really, it just doesn't really matter to me that much. You know, I mean, I don't sit there and say, oh, how many followers do I have? Um, does, does Dan Snyder
0: follow you on Twitter?
2: That's a good question. I don't know. I should make sure he does. If he doesn't,
0: I, I, I've kind of forgotten he's. <laughs> I know he's on. I've kind of forgotten about that because yeah, he doesn't tweet and he doesn't follow me. Uh, but well, you uh, can't
2: have a whole bunch of fake dams out there, you know. You have to make sure people know who exactly it is. So, so, so I don't I'm know. Gonna, that's that's a that's a shitty answer for you. But I don't. You know, I don't really know who who doesn't. Uh, but I would want.
0: So no celebrity, no, no, nobody, like maybe it could be even somebody in organization. Just, ro- I mean, I'm sure yeah, Ron would even
2: you, my mom, is- I, I would want my mom to follow me. I don't know if she's on Twitter, but Wait, she you- says, I don't know what you're doing. I'm
0: like, if you're on Twitter, you'll find out. <laughs> Wait, you don't, your, your mother cannot be actually on Twitter then and not follow you. That would be insane.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I think my dad does. No, yeah, There you go. It's that's a boring answer to your question. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's not right. very rapid fire either, huh?
0: That's all right. <laughs> Who, who's uh, who's your all-time favorite athlete?
2: Um, I, I, just kind of have to make it personal and, and for that, I, it goes between, I'm kind of like, like a toss up between Dwayne Wade and Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal is the most unique person player I've ever covered. Um, and just genuine interaction, uh, with him. That was always very personal. And Dwayne was just one of the nicest. And still to this day, if I go up to him, he's like, Hey, Julie, how you doing? You know? And I, I just think that's really cool when a player never loses sight of somebody who was there the moment that they got drafted all the way through so many years later. And it's just always respectful and classy um with their interactions and with their time. So uh but again I started with the Miami Heat, which is interesting because now I'm back with the franchise um on this other side of my career. But uh I'll go with those two.
0: Um you have now talked to I don't know how many different players on this current team, but obviously a bunch of them. Yes it's with limitations you're doing it over zoom or something like that but you know nonetheless you're getting to know these people i'm not talking about who your favorite is i wouldn't want you to put be put in that position but who who's the most interesting player that you've talked to uh this season interesting. You, can pick, you can only pick one
2: um let's see i you know i think in a lot of different ways there's there's quite a few but yeah, I'm just going to go trust way he's he's the most engaging he gets it he's fun he's real he's genuine uh, mad respect to anybody that's helped him out in his life, um, his kids his wife, um, the consummate team player, constantly positive understanding, you know, even in losing, uh, there's always some way to try and hold on to optimism so uh, I, I'll go with trust way on that one.
0: Um, <clears throat> all right, and um, here's one. Say? The most interesting guy on the team? Yeah.
2: Um, <laughs> I mean, we are limited, right? Like, with you in the locker room, you get a little it's, bit more.
0: It's, but... super, it's super tough. I mean, I think we're all going through this. I mean, you know, we're stuck on the Zoom, and, you know, a couple times I've talked to players one-on-one, but that's like a phone. He's st- standing next to somebody in PR. It's completely – you know, so unless you knew the player before – I mean, I would probably say Chase Young. I don't necessarily know if that's he's the most interesting person, but because he's new and he's mm-hmm. fun – he's cut, you know, and we're all sort of intrigued by where he's going to go with his career. I kind of feel like him, but I don't know if that's the actual, if that's the actual answer, but that, that's, uh, that, right. that's, that's my answer. Um, here's one that's just for me, but I'm going to ask it. Uh, what What's it like you get to work now with your old company and you get to be a bit in charge. What's that like? <laughs> like this is like, this is like every, every, every person's, every employee's dream. You get to go Back to work for their, you know, work, work the work other place, and you get to be like, "Hey, here's what we're doing today." Yeah, it's cool
2: because I, I get to see all the emails that get exchanged that you really had no clue on how things went before, um, and it is very interesting. So I feel like I'm seeing behind the curtain now, but I am on this side, and especially as I'm learning and growing in this role, you know, I can take much more ownership of a lot of things. And you know, we work differently than they did in the past, and I, because I understand their needs. Um, And now I'm understanding our side of what we can and can't do and why we can and can't do things um, and just offer anything up. It's it's kind of cool. It's an interesting dynamic, but I'm kind of the person now they'll be sending these emails back and forth. I'm like, Frank, what do you want? You know, like, let's just pick up the phone and call, you know, like, and just Joanna, like, let's just, you know, let's just make this easier because I have that personal relationship. I feel very comfortable and easy to be able to do that, which honestly, I think is making the relationship and the connection between the two easier to manage and deal with. And if there's something that we don't like, I, you know, I feel comfortable enough to say, Hey, you know what? Yeah, you kind of, you stepped out right there and it didn't it ruffled a few feathers over here. You know, I, I get it, but let's think about this to make sure that it's not going to make us not be able to give you a certain access, you know? And, and I think I can explain and understand both sides. So it's kind of cool being in on, on, on that side of it. That's for sure.
0: Uh, last two questions for uh, Wikipedia star, Julie Donaldson. Um <laughs> So all right, so put on the football analyst hat. It it, it two and five. I get the records, not that exciting, but the NFC East is what it is. So they're in the mix. Um, but you know, on some level, for me, this season's been about you know what can, what do we see from the younger players? Uh, and you know, there's been some good stuff. But what's what's what about for you? What stands out after seven weeks? and, and where do you think things are going from here?
2: You know, it, it is interesting because when I started the season, I said the, the success to the season, I didn't think was necessarily going to be measured in the win loss column. It was going to be, where's our true evaluation of this roster, where are the true weaknesses who can really emerge and step up within that. And obviously after just three wins last season, we, we know there were a lot of holes that needed to be filled. They didn't go make big splashes um, in free agency. Cause I do believe he wanted coach wanted to see what can these young guys do to where is the money well worth spent it. Um, you know, and look, this team wasn't one step away, one player away, one big player away from, from being that perennial contender. So, you know, they took that approach of let's do things a little bit more slowly. Let's see where the growth is. So what I have liked to see is though, is that, you know, you are getting players having as coached at that aha moment. They are starting to say, oh, okay, th- it's making sense. We're understanding why you are coaching us in these certain ways and how it's going to resonate because they are young they're impressionable and you can kind of mold them into the kind of football player you want of being competitive. And because the division is what it is, is even Ronald Darby told me today, it was like the NFC East. He's like, now nah, not many wins, huh? But it's great for them, you know, because every game's meaningful and that's how you get to play um, and really see growth out of your team is putting them in young players in very meaningful games, meaningful moments, meaningful downs and seeing how they react um, to it. So, but like we are seeing them have progress. We also know, you know, been that they need a lot of playmakers on, on both sides. You know, they're lacking guys on defense too, not just offense that need some guys to really make this team what it needs to be to go where um, the promised land is. So um I like the way that they're coming together. We'll see if they can sustain that against the Giants because the Giants, I you know, did a pretty good run on the Bucks. <laughs> so right. we'll see can that momentum carry over. Um, but this team fully believes in themselves. I mean, I talk to players and they're talking playoffs and you want to be like, really? Uh, but they are. And that could be a reality.
0: I, I lied. I did come up with a different question. If you need to go, just tell me you got to go. Um, you had a relationship to some degree with Dwayne Haskins prior to taking this job. but You, you uh, interviewed him at length at various times when you were at NBC Sports Washington uh, it's not your position to, I presume to say to him, Hey man, you know, keep your head up or things like that. But at the same point, you do know him on a personal level. Have you talked to him during this process since since he's been benched and what's your kind of sense of how that's how he's doing?
2: You um, well it's, it's a little tricky because in a roundabout way, yes. Um, many times. Um, but at the same time, not necessarily. So it's, you know, I do have Um, connections with him with his family um, with his dad with his mom and it's challenging so I can kind of help a little bit navigate like you know what the team wants how they can you know make sure that they're getting what they need out of him, and understand where you know things have fallen short where things um, weren't going the direction that the franchise wanted it to be but knowing that he still has the opportunity depending on how he's going to react to determine his future he's going to handle this um you know so i know that if he were gonna wither away oh that that's his choice he can wither away or he can say okay you know what all right i i got benched let's step up and and make sure that we're on top of our game in every aspect and i certainly hope that that's the direction that he's going in and saying all right let's really hone in again um on a a whole different level so you know i'm gonna root for the kid um and i say kid young man uh, i will always root for his family you know, and I want to be able to see them, but you, you're look, you were realizing he's not the only one that is struggling. I mean, Daniel Jones, they're talking about potentially replacing him as well, you know? So even down in Miami, like, do we need another quarterback? It's just, it, there's not much patience for the development of quarterbacks these days. So I think once Dwayne understands that and gets that, then, you know, and gets more experience, uh, he'll have his shot again.
0: Um, all right. Here's the real last question. So now that you've been behind, you've been inside for a few months, what can you, what, what kind of optimism can you offer that skeptical fan who's still with the team, but he's been here the last, he or she has been here for the last 20 years and just can't completely buy into whatever anybody is selling. What's the optimism you can offer?
2: Yeah, it's hard, you know, and, and especially understanding like, you know, like the whole leaks and all that stuff of, you know, how it's coming out. And, and that can be maddening because people want, don't want that anymore. They don't want that drama. They want to just buy in and not have reasons for all of that. Um, look, it, it is a process. Um, we know when you come from three wins, it, it's going to take a little time. People, they, they're so sick and tired of the word patience. When we tell them patience, that just pisses people off. <laughs> they're tired of having patience, Sure. but hopefully you're seeing over the past few weeks growth and you are seeing, you know, them put together the right effort. And I think that's really the biggest thing. Are these players putting together the right effort? Um, each and every single play to get that consistency. And that's been the one frustrating thing. You do it for a few, but not the whole way through. They're learning how to do that. Coach is teaching them how to do that. So, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, look, Rivera even said he took a team to the postseason at seven, eight and one, and they won a game. So, you know, it doesn't have to be pretty to get there. It doesn't have to be everything in all the glory in order to get there, but they are working to get there. And as far as the front office is going, Jason Wright's coming in and really turning things around and, and hopefully people can see the difference that's going to be had. Um, and when we get to reveal the, the whole big plans of, you know, where the stadium's going to be, what we want to do around it, how we want to build the community into it and how we want to make it, you know, something that's a part ingrained in our community in every facet outside of just football. Um, people are going to realize this is going to be a really cool team and franchise to be with.
0: Well, I, I look forward to uh, to seeing what you guys do. The stadium news obviously is a big one. I look forward to seeing how you keep evolving uh, over there. By the way, I thought of a new of a Wikipedia entry that we can go. That's like real but fake. Uh, your your workout videos. You have the meanest right jab. Like you could literally, I think literally you could knock somebody out with, with your, your boxing form is is legit. So I think we could throw in something like, you know, Julie was an aspiring golden gloves boxer at some point. I mean, I, if somebody sees the video, they'd be like, Oh, I mean,
2: I love boxing when I was in, um, Fort Lauderdale or Miami. Um, uh, I, why am I forgetting the name? Like I go to the, the boxing gyms down there that were like, you know, like legit, dirty, smelly. And they're like, we want to train for you for for those. And I said, no, 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 no. Like I, I, want to learn defense (laughs) i just want to attack i don't want to be sparring with anybody i don't want to be my you know like no no i i appreciate you thinking that i have the ability to compete but no i i don't want to do defense and boxing i have no desire for that
0: oh no i never want to get hit in the face and certainly we don't we don't don't need anybody hitting you're you're on tv You, you, you can't be showing up with black eyes and stuff no no um well julie thank you so much i definitely appreciate the time obviously everybody uh, check out what julie and her crew are doing on the uh, official team website and uh, we'll talk soon all right thanks ben all right there you have it a uh, fun conversation with julie donaldson obviously check out check her out on twitter um, she's putting in she's putting in the hour so you know she's is wor- worthy of your time go see what she's doing over on the team website um We'll see if this team is worthy of, of real discussion here in the NFC East. Look, I didn't really get into a lot of Washington, New York conversation. They just played a couple of weeks ago. We remember that game. Not a ton has changed. We'll see if Stephen Sims does play. Maybe that's a different dynamic for Washington. Obviously, you know, the turnover battle will be key. We have two quarterbacks in Kyle Allen and Daniel Jones who are turning the ball over way too much for their – for their coaches' likings, for sure. Obviously, that cost Washington a bit in the previous game. Um, we'll see about this one. We'll see if Ron Rivera goes for a two-point conversion late in the game with the game on the line, or if he plays it a little more conventional. It should have come down to that. But this is a big one. If, if Washington can go at least two and two over these next four games, they stay, in theory, in the hunt for the playoffs. And I think if you really do want to get into this NFC East talk, they have to at minimum go two and two over these next four what do we have? The Giants at Detroit, Cincinnati here, and then at Dallas. By the way, Detroit, it was announced today that uh, quarterback Matthew Stafford is uh, going on the COVID-19 reserve list. Um, I guess, I don't know if they officially said he he tested positive or, or if he was this close to somebody, but either way, I believe he did. So we'll see what that means. Sometimes the players come back quickly. Sometimes they're out a bit. So we'll see what this means for him. Obviously, Detroit would be a big would be a lot easier to 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 beat without Stafford but there's a first first comes the giants who have looked good i mean the giants hung in there with tampa bay this past week and obviously were a two-point conversion away from forcing overtime washington's going to have to play well they lost to this team just a couple weeks ago i think the giants if we're going to say washington has been solid despite their record i think it's fair to say that about the giants so it's weird to say a big game when you're two and five team but if you're going to talk about the NFC East this is a big game, so interesting uh, there for sure. And I would say another opportunity for this defense. If this, if Washington's going to be fun this year, by the way, I, I think I've said this before. If they're going to attract possibly interesting free agents, I think it's going to become it's going to happen because this defense plays like a top ten unit for real the rest of the rest of the way, not just statistically, but on the field with the eye test. You know, uh, taking playing playing good against all teams, not just those with lousy offensive lines, and uh, they've had good moments. Let me not discredit that, but it doesn't feel like they've been quite exactly a top 10 defense most of the year. The numbers say otherwise. So we'll see what they do going forward. Good opportunity to get to add to those great numbers against Daniel Jones and the Giants. So that's it for now here on the Standard Room Only Podcast. If you want, again, follow me on Twitter at Ben Standing, read my stuff at The Athletic, and, of course, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or anywhere else you do your podcasting. That's it from now. Hopefully my voice will be better next week. Until next time, see ya.